Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Wonder Woman 1984, uh, the simultaneously released yeah. theatrical and HBO Max flick that we will be talking about. Uh, but before we go any further, we got to get this thing going. What's going on, guys? It's Ron. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Ron, welcome back. We missed you last week. Hey boys, what's you know, up? I know it was it was weird, but we but we 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 persevered. Wasn't it weird though? I feel like the train will keep going rather. It wasn't the know, same. It was not the same. Or not. It's okay. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thanks. So um, we watched Wonder Woman. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we go any further into this thing, we got to make sure that we always remember our pickle. Pickle. Oh, damn it. Of the week. 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 <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I feel like this bit's getting old. But, yeah, uh, you know. We're trying. Yeah, I'm going to keep it going, though. It's pretty good. I mean, why, why change, you know? Um, I feel why change? Um, my pick uh, this week is a board game that is in stock at all Bedrock City locations, with the exception of Katie. I don't think they have one yet. That's um, unfortunate. I know. Um, Dune Imperium. Um, it is a new game. Uh, not th- there's a re-released Dune board game that came out last year from Gale Force Nine. That is um a re-release of the 1980s Dune game. This is an all-new game, um, tied into the Legendary Pictures release coming up. Um, it has an 8.5 um on Board Game Geek, which is pretty good out of 600. And, no, I'm sorry, 566 reviews. So. That's pretty good. It is the game of the month uh, for them. It's made by Direwolf. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, it is one to four players, so you can play it by yourself. Ooh, yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's my. I want to play. I like the I like the movie graphics on it. I yeah. know. Yeah, I love the art's really nice. It's not just like photos of the cast. It's actually no. It's like art. It might, it, might, it, might just be, it might just be photos, or like, but the, with a filter on top. I'm not sure. Board. Whatever, I thought it looked good. It does look good, though. Uh, so my pickle um, is X Men number sixteen. This is in the new the new era of the the X Men books now. Rain, rain, rain of X. I'm wow. excited. I'm just excited for more X Men. I feel like the 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 event we just had was less X Men, and now I'm getting more X Men. So exciting times. That's exactly I'm picking... what you need out of an X Men event. Yeah, I'm picking X Factor Volume One graphic novel by Leah Williams. Uh, what? I like that series a lot. It's good, and now everyone can easily catch up. Easily, it's kind of a light week because it's New Year's, you know. Very light. Uh, not a lot coming out, so it's still some some hidden gems. Um. Anyway. This is the part of the show where we'd like to remind everyone to please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out, and it helps new people find the show. Uh, It will also help us achieve our 2020 goal of getting Rotten Tomatoes verified. Once we hit 200 reviews, we will start affecting the rankings of the flicks that we review. So do us a favor and go do it. I mean, we we, we talk about more flicks than we do movies, or than we do films. Uh, Let's be be 100% real. Keep it 100 um, Ron, you do it yet? I do what? Review the podcast on <laughs> iTunes. 
I figured we were gonna make it a whole event when we get back together. That y'all oh, 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 oh! Yeah. I see. Is yeah. that not the Ron's point? Gonna, Ron's That'll gonna wait till we have one hundred ninety nine reviews, and then he'll do it to beat the two hundred. Well, no, no, no! I just figured we get all get back together in person, and we can, you know, make a video. Show me how to, you know. Why don't we get, do the tutorial? I see. There you go. That's that's what I'm doing. Um, we are going to talk about our events um, before we go uh, further into the, the body of the episode here. Uh, this month, um, I can give... Well, it's still December, isn't it? Uh, and I also realize we forgot to wish everybody happy holidays. Um, any of the past holidays. This It's it's a weird year, all right? Uh, happy New Year t- uh, tomorrow, or New Year's Eve tomorrow. Um, but I can give you my dates for my January events. Uh, we have Keyforge on January 8th and the 15th. The 8th will be a sealed from the Mass Mutation set. And the 15th is going to be a reversal. That's where you bring your terrible deck and you have your opponents use it. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. That is played on our Discord. You can join the Discord by um, going to our Twitter. That's BRC Uncanny. You can find the link in our bio. You can also come into the Sugarland location or the Clear Lake location and scan the QR code on the plexiglasses. Um, we've got those up there. Um, and then we have our paint night uh, that is going to be on the 30th and there is no organized paint night this month. So um, we are all going to be painting the same thing, but without any direction. So um, that'll be fun. I'll announce the mini next week that we're all going to be painting and hopefully we'll get Dylan to come to that one. I'll come to this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I have a Facebook live sale tonight at 7 PM tonight. So the last couple of weeks were kind of a cool down, you know, but now we got some some fire books this week. You got some fire? Uh, yeah, we got an X Men fireworks one. for New Year's, obviously. Yeah, of course. We're closing out the New Year the year with a bang. Um, yeah. X Men one, CGC, CGC giant size X Men one. We have just lots of um, there's a lot of affordable Silver Age books, Marvel mostly. Nice. Um, a lot of rare modern variants also okay so not a lot of golden age and not a lot of expensive silver age other than the x-men and the giant size x-men but those are really good assortment i'm happy with this one i think it's gonna be good and that's uh tonight at 7 p.m at bedrockcity.com slash live and that's my only event wow this could be a grand opening for katie at some point at some point stay tuned i got ideas stirring in my mind ron's not gonna like them but I mean, he hasn't told me any, so surprise to everybody. Uh, I went and checked out the Katie source uh, today. It was really nice. Uh, Ron up there posted up by himself. It was a nice, uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt like Shadowbrier. Shadowbrier flashbacks? Yeah. Yeah. Flashbacks. But it was really nice in there. It was, um, nice. it was nice seeing Michael. Yeah. It'll be very exciting once once you get a proper opening. It would be. Y'all need the Shadowbrier TV back. You mean, Dude, I don't know if we can swing the TV. I mean, we're, we're it's supposed literally to be sitting on my floor. Like, wow, like, see, against, there against the window there. Yeah, That's TV. getting lots of views. I got you. I can. I mean, Dylan, I can get it now. I just have another TV in my just, room. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, just hop on that mobile data and just record it in the car. No big deal. Sure. Fine. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm sure it'll sound fine. Um, it sounds as fine as this, doesn't it? I mean, you're not wrong. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about our what I done did. What what did we done do this week? Uh, the, uh, Christmas was this past week, um, so I did that. Went over to my parents' house, uh, did did all that stuff. Um, 
just with uh, my parents and Lori. Uh, had a good old time. Uh, and then we also saw Wonder Woman. Well, two of us saw Wonder Woman in theaters. So you're yeah. going to get the full experience here of getting a Wonder Woman theater experience and a HBO Max experience. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So very interesting to see if there's any discrepancies there. Um, yeah, I'm sure. But I, I don't think I did anything too exciting. Uh, playing some cyberpunk. Ooh. You know. I'm not. Uh, You're not? I mean, I haven't touched it since it came out, to be honest. Wow. Bro. I haven't had time. I really haven't been playing anything. I haven't been playing Apex. Oh, no Apex? Oh, wow. That no. must be serious. Not really. I'm, not Apex. I'm just dealing with other stuff. Gotcha. Uh, I watched Wonder Woman, obviously. Yes. We also watched Soul. Oh. Soul was good. So Soul nice. was good. It, was. it has its problems, but Soul is good. Okay. It's a little uh, chill, like almost boring, but I liked it. I thought it was okay. Good. Yeah, but you know, it was it was good for what it was. It's not an exciting movie. Like I can't imagine kids would love it. You know? No, no, no. no. I mean, unless you're a black kid, you know. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. It had some good representation. Anyway. Sure. It was good. I watched Soul. I watched Wonder Woman. I did nothing really for Christmas. Um, I watched a Netflix show called Bridgerton. It was really good. It's a it's Bridgerton. Shonda Rhimes' first Netflix show. She just oh. signed a big deal with Netflix a couple of years ago. That's okay. the first one. It's like a... Um, Shout out to the dog. Yeah, she literally will not stop. Of course, it's okay. during it's my my turn when I can't mute. Right. Um, I'm just going to talk over it. It's fine. I mean, it, it adds Pepper. Care. Pepper really liked Bridgerton, too. That's what she's Oh, okay. About. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, well, who was your favorite cast member? I don't know any of the cast. Oh, okay, cool. They're not famous. Okay. Um, thanks for yeah. Trying, I so. tried. I went with it. Um, <laughs> like the one girl, no, she was cool. You know the one girl. I, I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. So you watched? Wait, it was a movie or a series? It's a series. You watched the whole thing? It's like a historical drama, like soapy kind of drama. But it's oh, cool because sure. it's like it's like early 1800s London. But there's like it's kind of like an alternate history where people of color are also hold titles and stuff like that. You know, oh. like the queen is, the queen is black and I don't know. It's cool. okay. Oh, um, okay. all right. Yeah. That's all I did. I'm sorry. Once again, I've let you all down. I started to watch the Mandalorian. So I'm Ooh. in on that a little bit. Same. I, uh, I watched episode six this morning. So that was episode six of season two. Of oh, season two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on, I've only watched the first three. So, um, did first chapters. First, oh my god! But but I can't call <laughs> yeah, it episode. Chapters. It's not episode six, Ron. It's episode like fourteen or something. Thirteen or something. Yeah, it's I something. hate that so much. It's the worst. I also hate that everyone's putting over John Favreau. Like he's like, I don't oh, know. He's he's the uh, I, Feige Star Wars. I have yeah, Farview. I have nothing wrong with. I have no problem really with John Favreau. Like, but like he is not the savior of. Star Wars or anything. No, but he is though. I saw a meme. It was like uh, about how he, you know, he directed the first Iron Man and you know Mandalorian. He's here to save all in all movie industries. I'm like, okay, you can get. Did right he do Lion King too? Um, did he? I was like, did he yeah. do Lion King? Yeah, he didn't save the Disney live action. 
Well, I mean, they oh. they can all be zingers, Dylan. Or am um, I thinking of someone else? You, I I think I I don't really remember who directed that Lion King movie. I, I tried to forget. That, it was it was him. It was him. Okay, I'm not crazy. I, I see. Um, either way, we will talk about the Mandalorian more in depth at some point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, did I watch? I feel like I'm missing out on something that I watched. Um, just shout it out in the middle of the stream, like I do. I'll do it. Yeah, you're right. Fair enough. Oh yeah, by the way, I watched. Um, okay. Anyway, um, let's get on to the news. Um, oh, this isn't, I assume this isn't on the list, but, uh, Lori Laughlin's out of prison, Dylan. That's exciting. They let oh, her I did see that. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Good for she, Yeah. She's out. Just in time. Maybe she'll get a superhero role so we can talk about her more. <laughs> right. What does she do? Some sort of like money laundering or something? She bought her kids way into college. That's illegal. Yep. Yeah, because she like faked that they were an athlete, and oh, there's she a lot of fraud. Like, you mean she didn't just donate those that Hallmark movie money? Well, that's also technically illegal, but oh, okay. She paid someone to create a fake persona for her daughter. <laughs> oh wow. I mean, I can't knock the hustle. Like, she just loves her kids, right? Um, Ugh. No. <laughs> Michael's, Michael's joking. I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. Um, Wonder Woman 3 officially announced with Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot uh, set to return. I mean, obviously. Um, Here we are. Right? Uh, uh, Say at the top, spoilers for Wonder Woman 84. Um, It might inadvertently come up during the recording, so I don't want to, uh, you know, have to go back in and put a spoiler warning at the top. So, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet, probably stop. (laughs) You know, if you ca- or if you care about spoilers for it, maybe stop here and come back. Just pause it, launch HBO Max on your phone while you're driving, whatever. Just watch it; it's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Warner Brothers has officially announced that both director Patty Jenkins and star Gal Gadot will return to wrap up Diana Prince's trilogy in Wonder Woman three, which will open mm. theatrically. That's unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> Jenkins <laughs> will also pen the screenplay but it's unclear whether she'll begin production on the three, the threequel um, before the previously announced Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is due out in theaters December 2023. Either way, it seems as though the studio uh, was keen on getting Diana Prince back on the big screen as soon as possible, which may or, which may, or may not be a good thing considering the decidedly mixed reactions to her latest outing. Um, obviously, we're not reviewing Wonder Woman yet, but uh, this is... We not. Yeah, it's mm. it's hard to comment on our opinions about this without mm. like reviewing the movie. You know? I mean, we can a little bit. Um, I kind of already did. <laughs> yeah, no, Ron already did. I mean, I. Spoiler. I mean, I don't know. I, I assume this thing's gonna make money at, at on HBO Max at the very least. Maybe not theatrically, but do we know how the vibe goes over the weekend? Yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Um, um I'm glad she's. I have mixed feelings about it. I don't want her to uh, write the next one, but I like her as a director. So. Did she write this one? Yeah. She didn't write Wonder Woman 1, but she wrote Wonder Woman 2. Oh. Um, well, that explains some I'll talk. I'll talk more about how I feel about her as a director later. But <laughs> Okay. It shows. It shows. Um, WandaVision. The Disney Plus TV series episode count may have finally been revealed. <gasps> okay. Before I get into may. the article, though, specifically. Are we guessing? No. But... No. <laughs> 
Th- this is such weird like culture that we live in where like we're speculating the episode count like how many episodes are the like what is it what does it really matter as long as they're telling the story that they need to tell you know oh like, we need to know this to is important michael wandavision arrives on disney plus january 15th and after that awesome christmas day promo we may finally start uh have some uh i'm sorry we may finally have some intel on how many weeks we'll be tuning into the marvel studios series According to a listing on the official Disney Latino website via Murphy's Multiverse, the show is set to run until March 5th. That means it will consist of at least eight episodes. While it's set to end in plenty of time for a spotlight for the spotlight to shift to the Falcon of the Winter Soldier to premiere on March 19th. Quote, on January 15th, 2021, WandaVision opens on Disney Plus, Disney's streaming platform. The, the listing reads, the series starring Elizabeth Olsen, and Paul Bettany will have a new episode available every Friday and will reach the end of the debut season on March 5th. Well, that sounds pretty concrete. Yeah, they were... People thought it was six episodes because they kept describing it as a six-hour series. But I think Uh, it could just be six hours long over eight episodes, you know? Sure. Oh. Like a little... Like maybe 45 minutes an episode, something like that. Which is standard TV episode length, you know? So um, is, is so stuff like this is is this an accident or did Disney like leak this through Disney Latino? I'm sure they're not too concerned about it, you I know. Mean, it does, but, yeah, I guess really, what does it matter if it's going to be six or eight? Yeah, but I think eight is good. I like. I think anything above ten is getting to be too much, you know. Right. These so days. I think um, I think it sounds sounds good to me. Six to eight, I think, is a is a sweet spot for me. For a streaming show like this? Yeah, I like remember, it when they're short. Remember the days of like 20 episode seasons? Yeah, Fun that was too much. Yeah. Network TV still does that. I know, that's wild to me. And like, um, even the Defenders were too long when they were 13, remember? Oh yeah, they were 13. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, either way, I, I don't care. I'm going to watch it and probably enjoy it no matter how many episodes this thing is. But to Dylan's point, I feel like I would prefer something to be shorter rather than longer. So, um, yeah, either way, I think eight is probably about the peak. They also have a budget, and the shorter it is, the more high quality it is, you know, if it's right. not stretched out over a ton of episodes. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 nears uh, $85 million worldwide as Warner Brothers touts sizable HBO Max viewership. Warner Brothers is still holding off on revealing official box office figures for Wonder Woman 1984, but the deadline, uh, but deadline has shared some specific rumors for the DC Comics sequel's North American debut. Over the holiday weekend, the movie earned an estimated $19.4 million from 40 overseas markets, taking the current international box office total to $68.3 million um, domestically. Patty Jenkins followed up... Uh, 2017 to uh, the 2017 Wonder Woman movie has grossed an estimated 16.7 million dollars since its Christmas Day release. This is obviously a far cry from what the movie would have made in a non-COVID setting, but uh, Warner's uh, appears to be pleased about how the sequel is performing on HBO Max thus far, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Nearly half of HBO Max's subscriber base tuned in to watch Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas. Uh, and Warner Media Direct to Consumer Chief Andy uh, Forsell 
notes that the movie quote broke records and exceeded our expectations um we'll never truly know i guess what any of this means uh you know or what um what the what actually happened or how many people watched it or subscriber count or you know how many people bought in just for this and retention i guess mm-hmm. the, the, our only way to know is if they keep their their plan of releasing all these movies on hbo max if this, if it's profitable for them they're going to keep doing it like if it continues into 2022 uh-huh I mean, also, I think they could also just stop their 2021 plan. Like, if it's not making them money, if they're so? losing subscribers, yeah, why not? I mean, I mean, they, they could get a lot of uh, flack for doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, they probably would. After they promised it. but And they're, and they're already getting flack from the, 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 the film creators, so. Yeah, they're just going to, they would make everyone angry if they take it away from us and then. Like theaters would still be angry at them, I think. I don't know. It wouldn't be a good situation if they flip flopped. But you're right; I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but I think that it does have some level of success. If Wonder Woman was announced as HBO Max, and then they announced every other movie, you know, like they must have had some kind of viewership jump after they announced it. I think they, they must have, right? I mean, and also this this box office is like. It's hard to comment on anything during COVID because you don't know what's good and bad, you know? Right. I, mean, I think they tenant. Said it, I think they said it quadrupled tenant. Um, which we're not in a better spot no. COVID wise than when tenant came out. So maybe people are starting to be okay with going or um it's just a better like a more attractive movie. I, don't I, think, I think it's I think it's both. I think uh, this movie has a wider appeal than Tenet does. You know, th- I mean, Tenet would have had a great box office under normal circumstances, but right. I think like that's not a movie that you're getting people to break quarantine for or you know risk life going to see. But, yeah, but also Tenet was only in theaters, so it had that going for it. Oh, that's you know? true. This one quadrupled it, and you could watch it at home. So it's just, I don't know, like, it makes you wonder how well this would have done. It probably would have done, like, at a huge box office, I think, without COVID. So this box office, or this movie earned an estimated $19.4 million from 40 overseas markets. Is that taking into account HBO Max subscribers, or no? No, that's just, it's been open for a few weeks. The $85 number up top is... The total because it remember it opened a few weeks earlier overseas right so the 19.4 is this weekend but it's added to the few weeks that it's been out so it's not really an 85 million dollar opening weekend i mean just for reference like you would want 85 million would be good for the opening weekend in america only for wonder woman you know so 85 million times yeah so 85 million over a few weeks worldwide isn't you know, comparable at all to what it should be at, but, but I mean, they'll take it. I imagine these studios I aren't guess. money. Otherwise, I mean, that's what they got to do, I guess. Do, do you see a timeline where movies get re-released in a couple of years? Like they put wonder woman back in theaters or they put, you know, Mulan back in theaters or any of these things. Maybe if it was like a huge success, they would, you know, and it was like a spectacle and people had to go see it, maybe. Right. But I don't really see that happening. Yeah. 
they probably do like a small window at some point. Like, like you would assume there's like there's gonna be some type of dead like release schedule in like a like for like a couple weeks or a month. You just put them out for like a couple of days, you know, back to back. Yeah, that's true. With the big gap in production, maybe like they can fill that uh, re- that you know gap in release schedule down the line with re-releasing some of these movies that you know maybe didn't get a good run due to COVID or any number of reasons. Um, right. Mad Max prequel Furiosa lands twenty twenty three theatrical release date from Warner Brothers. Lord, uh, sure it does. Um, Eight years after Academy Award winner Charlize Theron, uh, credited as being oh, no. Fast 9 and The Old Guard, um, made the part iconic, Furiosa is returning to the silver screen in a big way with her very own film. Except this time, it'll be rising star Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit and The, the New Mutants. Is it called The New Mutants? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, who, take on, who takes on the role... Uh, to tell the untold origins of one of uh, Max, uh, I don't know, Rock, 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 Rockatansky. How do you say that? <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't, is that Mad Max's last name? Uh, to to tell the that. tale of one of Mad Max's fiercest allies. There you go. Guessing Rockatansky is Mad Max's last name. Going uh, now, I understand why he goes with Mad. Um, while their 2021 theatrical slate will be splitting time with HBO Max, Warner Brothers has officially announced that Furiosa will hit theaters July 21st, 2023. It'll open a week a week before an untitled Marvel Studios film, which could potentially be Ant-Man, Wasp, uh, Quantumania. Sure. I don't know how much sure. I stock any, hold stock in any release dates, really. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I think like they really missed the boat on this though. This, I feel like this is coming out. Way... Like it's an Avatar two situation. Yeah, although although we don't know yet, Avatar two might just be amazing and like do record numbers. It might, you know, we don't know. So it might this. Who it's knows? gonna revolutionize Ron, you have, D-box. You have like two years to watch it now. I are, you, are you happy? You will. It's a good movie. They're gonna yeah, double feature. I'm sure, feature. I'm sure I actually go. will at some point. Double feature. We'll see. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Always down for a double feature. Why not? Um, Green Lantern HBO Max series character breakdowns confirm Jessica Cruz and Simon Boz. Um, previous reports have indicated that Guy Gardner, Alan Scott, and Bree Jarda, an original character we only recently learned will be introduced into the, into the series, uh, will be getting the lion's share of the spotlight. But the Illuminati has shared new details on Simon Boz and Jessica Cruz. Jessica Cruz, protecting the galaxy is, a, is hard enough. It's even tougher when you... Oh my God, who wrote this? It's even tougher when you're the type of person who's uncomfortable leaving the apartment. Life forced Jessica to become self-reliant at a young age. She worked her way through school while taking care of her younger sister. She's bright, determined. Looking at her, you'd never know the struggle going on inside. Jessica lives with a sometimes crippling anxiety disorder. And she's been fighting fear longer than any of our other lanterns. Uh, Simon Baz, for as long as we, as he can remember, Simon's love, uh, Simon's loved. Okay, that's typo in the article. Uh, Simon's loved the. Oh, Simon has loved the Green Lanterns. Using his uh, innate charm and gift of gab, he works in Detroit <laughs> as a vendor. 
However, business hasn't been good lately. In the wake of 9-11, America has grown distrustful of young Middle Eastern men. All right. I mean... Is that I'm the glad original? It's, I, I mean... Backgrounds? Okay. Is that what? Is that, that the original? Like, I think that's right for Jessica Cruz. Backgrounds? Yeah, that's pretty much his background. I don't know much oh, okay. about Simon. I don't... I, it sounds... <laughs> like nonsense. Being, being racially profiled is was like a thing with his first introduction, you know. Okay, I don't. I don't. I definitely don't remember. I guess. Um, just the wording on this does sound a bit like, uh, you know. You have to wonder if it's going to be tactfully done. You know, well, based on the wording, I feel like it's not. I don't know. It just sounds. Yeah. Like they have a lot that they're juggling. You know, they have like. Oh. Alan Scott's gay, Jessica Cruz is Latina and I guess anxious. And right. Slamabaz has his own baggage too. It just seems like they're tackling a lot of social issues and I'm not sure that they're equipped they to do so right. properly. Yeah. Who's doing uh, it just makes show? me nervous. Greg Berlanti, who does does the CW stuff. Oh you boy. Know? Okay. So I think yeah. it'll be done in a non offensive way. It'll just be like very surface right. level um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I get, I get you. Like, it's not going to be like, oh my god, this is like borderline offensive. It might just be like, well, racism okay. is bad. They just skimmed right over it. They t- took, it. Took a bold stance that you know we should treat mental health well and you know not be racist. Yeah, it's just going to be like you know textbook. <laughs> How brave messages. <laughs> um, Maybe I'm wrong. This is HBO. Maybe again, it's a, it's a new era. It's HBO Max. Right. Don't Different. don't don't conflate this Important with Important distinction. <laughs> um, Marvel Studios just announced an, an MCU-themed musical performance for New Year's Eve. In a video, night. yep, that's right. In a video shared to Chinese website um, Weibo, um, Weibo, Marvel Studio, uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige announced plans for an MCU-themed musical that's premiering on Billy Billy. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that is. B i l i b i l i. Um, on New Year's Eve to ring in 2021. We're not sure if this is exclusive to the Middle Kingdom. Um, Quote, the New Year's Eve party will present the Marvel-themed music performances to relive the MCU's most familiar and shocking legendary moments. Um, The light of the Marvel heroes still glows, and after the final battle, a new era of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will begin. Feige, meanwhile, teased what's to come for the MCU in 2021, and it sounds like we might. And it's a big might get some sort of new sneak peek at the f- that, at that phase four slate. Um, I don't understand what this is. Is it like a Disney on ice style? There's no way that's what it is. <laughs> like, well, it's only in China. So like, it could be something kind of campy, you know, that we're not used to like a style but it, of, but it won't be like, it won't be like Elizabeth Olsen and Benedict Cumberbatch. No, no, no. I think it may be like, Disney World style people dressed up okay. singing. I don't know. I'm going to watch it, whatever it is. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I want to see that too. I've never heard of Weibo or Billy Billy. So that's very exciting. Weibo is a really, it's like a social, I think it's a social media platform in China, okay. but like a government sanctioned social media platform, you know? Oh, yikes. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Musical is not something they've tackled yet. Like, you I mean, know, they they, they tout all these um, 
yeah, they tell all these like genre bending shows. So where's my Mamma Mia MCU? Our musical. Oh, that's what Black Panther Two is going to be. Uh, it's going to be the musical. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that'd be Ant Man and Wasp before. Yeah, it'd be Ant Man and Wasp Four would be the musical. That's what Quantumania is. The Actually, world no, is going to do a musical. Well, that was the, the name of the, the Quadrophenia, right? It's close enough to uh, that Who musical rock opera thing uh, from the 70s. It is close enough. So there you go. You heard it here first. Actually, breaking news. Uh, well, actually, I have on... Exclusive. Exclusive. Uncanny Universe, Bedrock City exclusive. I have heard from my sources uh, mm-hmm. that Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania, what? is a mean... I almost said Quadrophenia. Is going to be a musical. There, you I, go. there is a there is a Bollywood style musical number in Eternals. I know that. Is there? Yeah, I'm not. Kidding. Is it really? One of oh. the one of the Eternals is a Bollywood star, so I think it's just going to be like a. This is what he's up to on Earth, you know. But I remember them talking about that, so maybe that's them. Maybe that is them dipping their toes in. Hmm. Um, Legendary's battle with Warner Brothers could see Dune to receive a traditional theatrical release. When Warner Media announced plans to release Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate on HBO Max and in theaters, it took us by surprise, along with everyone who worked on these movies. In some cases, filmmakers only received a 30-minute heads-up, while others learned of the news online. Legendary Pictures is particularly unhappy with the decision, especially when they finance 75% of the movies like Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, both of which are now slated for HBO Max debuts next year. Now, Deadline has shared some insights into what's going on behind the scenes, explaining the one way to avoid the lawsuit is to, quote, to preserve Dune as a traditional theatrical, to preserve Dune as a traditional theatrical, to preserve its franchise potential, and since its October 1 release date falls well after the estimated late spring date when COVID vaccine should achieve herd immunity. Uh, the trade adds, Godzilla vs. Kong might stay in HBO Max hybrid in its May 21 slot, but only if Warner Brothers makes a deal with Legendary that uses, a, uh, uses as a base uh, the $250 million value established when the film was shopped earlier to Netflix. So considering holding Dune even longer, maybe? Well, October, I mean, we might be okay to go to theaters in October, you know? Right. Because the vaccine, I think they said the final wave might be around June um, when we can get it. Um, right. So it's possible that a traditional theatrical release could work. But I get, it's it's just like, it sucks because on a personal level, I want it to have the HBO Max release. But like, Even I get though, why Legendary no. is mad. Even though we will be renting out a theater seat to see Dune, I'm not watching Dune first on a small screen, if I have an option. Right. I just want as many people to be able to see it as possible. But sure, like there is, they are really screwing over Legendary. Like if they paid for most of the budget, and they're like, actually, we're going to put on our streaming service when Legendary could have sold it to Netflix for 250 million. You know, and now they're basically getting nothing. True. Yeah. They're getting. They're really getting the short end of the stick. So they really are. I get it. I don't know. I maybe. Do you think the chances of a Dune sequel would increase if it had a traditional? No. Uh, I I I mean I get I get that mentality. If there wasn't a pandemic, like if they just decided without COVID to simultaneously release it, yes, that definitely hurts Dune. But I think, I think everyone will be looking at you know releases with a grain of salt and not like 
if they did a Mulan sequel and put it out theatrically, no one's going to be like, oh, wow. You know, well, maybe Mulan's different. That, that wasn't very good. But, um, you know. It'll be harder for us to tell if it's going to get a sequel because we won't know if it's like a runaway hit or not. You that's know? true. We'll be like, well, I hope it did well. Kind of like Wonder Woman, you know? Right. Yep. Um, I, so, so what they're saying here is that there's a possibility that they can leverage Dune to not be released on HBO Max. Yeah, if they file a lawsuit saying, you know, basically what we said, then I feel like there's got to the be grounds rule. for that lawsuit, though. I feel like that has to be that has to have that has to have some merit. You would think so, unless they have some kind of weird contract that just says Warner Brothers can can do whatever they want. Totally. Yeah, because they're the distributor. Legendary is a producer, and then Warner Brothers is a distributor. So you would think they wouldn't be able to distribute in a way that eats into profits, you know? Like, what if they decided to give it away for free, like put it on YouTube? Like, I don't think they should be allowed to do that either, but... Sure. I really yeah. want... He said he's adapting the first book in two movies, so I really want that second movie to get made. It'd be a real shame if... If, if we don't get the whole thing. There's no conclusion, yeah. Because, I mean, where does where does this movie leave off? Probably... Like with Paul joining the Fremen fully, and spoilers for Dune. Whoa, it's like halfway through the movie, Ron or, Ron won't remember what you said. Right, of course not. Um, he already forgot. The who? <laughs> Who's a Muad'Dib? Who joined the what? Yeah, a mouse. Um, MGM, the studio behind the James Bond franchise, is looking to sell its entire film and TV studio. Oh boy. Um, the Wall Street Journal reports that MGM is actively looking to sell off its studio with the hope of, with the hope being that they can attract some companies keen on expanding their reach in the world of streaming. The company, which has already turned to investment banks Morgan Stanley and Liontree LLC to begin the formal sale process, has, marked, has a market value of $5.5 billion. They hope to attract a buyer willing to pay that much money for franchises, franchises like James Bond, Candyman, Rocky, RoboCop, the Handmaid's Tale, Stargate, and countless others. As the site explains in its report, MGM is hopeful the current process will generate interest beyond Hollywood's traditional players um, from international media companies, private equity investors, and blank check companies. One of the one of the people familiar with the matter said, "That's that's huge." They're like, "We're done with this. This is too hard. We're done with <laughs> movies. We can't do this anymore. This is this is too much." Just casting out. I get it. It seems like a thankless job, you know? Like, there's no specific pattern that you can rely on, especially now, you know? Right. Man, that, that that's wild. I mean, Bond is their only, like, stable franchise, I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, Handmaid Sale, right? I mean, but that's, like, TV. Yeah, that's, like, a Hulu show. I'm sure that brings in some, but Candyman was probably going to make them some money, I would think. Sure. You know? Rocky's yep. dead. RoboCop's dead. Stargate. Do they still do Stargate? Is it, does it have TV anymore? I don't think it does, right? Uh, Stargate's off air. I don't know. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. But they have the Creed movies, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's all. I assume that's all tied in with Rocky. Um, yeah, the next one. They're doing another one of those with Michael B. Jordan, I think. But... Hmm. That's crazy. I don't know. I, I don't have a I don't have a big investment in any of those properties. Me so. neither, but like just historically that's a big deal, you know? Like I, I, I really don't care about any of the Candyman is the biggest franchise for me there. Um call up Disney. I mean, call them up. 
I mean, own everything. Candyman is now a Disney princess. Let's go. <laughs> um, the Exorcist sequel is in the works from Halloween 2018 directors, uh, director David Gordon Green. There's a sequel to William Friedkin's The Exorcist in the works at Blumhouse Productions and Morgan Creek with David Gorgon, Gordon Green uh, on board to direct. According to The Observer, Jason Blum, David Robinson, and James Robinson will serve as producers on the untitled project, but no plot details were revealed. Friedkin will not be involved. Of course, The Exorcist already has two sequels. The first, uh, John Borman's Surreal, The Heretic, was critically panned and actually had very little to do with the events of the first film. However, William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3, which is a phenomenal movie, according to Michael, um, based on the novel <laughs> Legion, was far better and received uh, and served as a more direct follow-up to the 1973 classic. Whether this movie will readapt Legion or tell a completely new story remains to be seen. I would be okay with the readaptation of Legion. Um, unfortunately, William Peter Blatty uh, died uh, last year or this year. Um, hmm. uh, he he's a really good uh writer um who writes horror and comedy pretty well uh he before he did the exorcist novel he wrote a bunch of pink panther movies um which is kind of weird um but he his if you've never read the novels for the exorcist and legion they're really phenomenal um honestly even better than the movie um so but his William Peter Blatty also wrote the screenplay for The Exorcist and then wrote and directed Exorcist 3 Legion. And I've told the story many times about that movie. Um, but uh, I would be okay with readapting it because it didn't get a proper adaptation because of studio interference the first time. Um, so maybe. As long as it's not a remake of the original. Oh. You know, well, I don't think anyone needs to see that. But I, f- I mean. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there's many movies that are unremakeable, right, or that don't need remakes but get remade anyway. Um, but I guess, I, I guess, think... if you won an Academy Award, you're not getting a remake, right? If you if you won Best Picture, you're not getting remade. Is that like a rule of thumb? Has that ever happened before? I'm sure it has, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think you could tell like a loosely related story, you know, in the same universe yeah. or something. Because the yep. Legion, the sequel to to the movie to to The Exorcist, is about um, the police officer Bill Kinderman and the priest Father Dyer, who is um, was friends with Damien Karras, who was the priest that performed the younger priest from The Exorcist to perform their exorcism uh, exorcism and then died, and his police officer friend, and it's the story of not it's not really related to the events of the first one other than it shares some similar characters it's about um a serial killer who gets executed um and then as his body as he is executed his consciousness enters into a body uh and then things happen i won't spoil in case people haven't seen it do you think they'll follow the same formula as halloween and like bring back linda blair and i think i think yeah, a follow up. You could totally, you could totally do that. You could do it as a um, ignore the sequels sequel. You know, um, I think that's either, the best route. I think yeah. You either you make Legion, which is not r- truly a sequel to The Exorcist, oh. and would not be exciting as billed as The Exorcist Legion, because you're not there's not even really an exorcism in the in the book. Um, so, I think what you do is you have some sort of linda blair scenario like you were saying like you or some halloween scenario you bring jamie lee curtis back 
but that being Linda Blair in this movie, I'd be okay. Like maybe with that. her child is possessed or something. Well, see, but they did that in the TV show. Well, maybe she's possessed again, and she's like a creepy, creepy old lady. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot you can do with it, um, and I think you do not. You definitely don't need William Friedkin's involvement in this. Um, I don't think. I think Blatty was far more important to the success of that movie than William Friedkin. Um, Cause he wrote, like I said, he wrote the novel and the script and was a producer and Friedkin. I, I think is kind of overrated as a director, if I'm going to be completely honest. Cause I'm looking at, looking at his other stuff that he did post the exorcist and there's nothing that's even comes close he, before he did the French connection, which is a big movie. Other than that, to live and die in LA. No, you don't need him. Day. Good. David Gordon Green, make a new one. <laughs> make a sequel. You have my blessing. The uncanny blessing. Um, Justice League. Warner Brothers <laughs> reflects on the Snyder Cut. Good. More oh, Snyder Lord. Cut news. Um, according to the New York Times profile on DC's film boss, uh, Walter Hamada, Zack Snyder isn't currently part of the, quote, new DC films blueprint. And studio executives instead described the HBO Max version of Justice League as, quote, a storytelling cul-de-sac, a story that leads nowhere. Um, in other words, the chances of a sequel, spinoffs, uh, or anything else of this cut of the movie influencing other stories are slim. I don't believe that because they gave – what is the point of sinking the money into this movie if you're not going to do anything with it other than what your artistic integrity? Get out of here. There's some, there's some ulterior, there has to be some other plan. Like, cause if, if this does gangbuster numbers, why would they not just make another one? You're right. Think, you don't think they learned their lesson, but, but they Mr. didn't, learn, but they didn't learn their lesson. Cause they, they gave him the keys to the kingdom again. They, they gave him a bunch of more money and he's letting him do this stupid recut. And but he's like revisiting something. I'm not sure they'd let him map out the next Phase oh, of well, maybe not, the, maybe not the next phase, but I mean, I think DC's moving away from that anyway, right? They're moving away from the large continuity because it's not in here, but there was an article with Zack Snyder talking about the MCU and the DCU mm-hmm. uh, or DCEU and how DC had all these problems because they were trying to play catch up to Marvel so fast. And, you know, it's better. He's, he, was more, he was more burying fans for saying like, oh, well, they were mean to us saying, well, this movie doesn't count because it's not canon or this movie doesn't count because of this reason or this show doesn't count because this reason. It's like Marvel didn't set out to do this. They just sort of slowly were doing things and it became this, you know. So he, he was sort of all over the place. But I think I think I, if I don't I don't know if this would happen, uh, but I think it could happen that. Snyder Cut does very well for them. I think that's unlikely, but if it did do very well for them, I don't see why they wouldn't give him some other movie they project. The property for sure. They totally would. Well, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let him Feige the thing, but they would. No, no, not at all. But they let him make another Justice League. I bet. I bet you they would. I think it's hard to judge too, because with every Warner Brothers movie going to HBO Max, it's hard to tell like which specific thing people are signing up for you know right like there was a, like there was a time last year where the snyder cut was like the crown jewel of hbo max in terms of things that were coming out you know like that yeah. was their big thing and now i feel like it's diluted a little bit and maybe they won't be able to tell like oh everyone signed up for the snyder cut you know that's yeah, but if it comes out and it's getting 
like a lot of streams reviews and stuff and a lot of streams then you know i think there's uh there is a world where that happens but i don't think you don't think it's not this world not this reality Mm. the future of dc films the, uh, the two Batman, um, two Batman stories, six movies per year, split between theaters and HBO Max. A profile of DC Films president Walter Hamada, published by the New York Times, confirms the studio's plans for splitting its slate among theatrical projects and HBO Max. According to Hamada, the most expensive DC movies will be designed for movie theaters, just as they always have been. The goal is to begin releasing the four of these tent poles in theaters a year. Um, uh, a year beginning 2022. Uh, smaller, riskier comic book films will head straight to HBO Max. The titles, I'm sorry, the Times suggests projects such as Batgirl and Static Shock uh, movies are examples of movies that DC Films will send straight to HBO Max. The goal is for DC Films to release two HBO Max comic book films a year. That's pretty ambitious. Um, as reported <laughs> by the Times, quote, to make all the storylines work, DC Films will introduce movie audiences to a comics concept known as the multiverse. <laughs> okay. Parallel <laughs> worlds where different versions of the same character exist simultaneously. Coming up, for instance, Warner Brothers will have two different film sagas involving Batman, played by two different actors running at the same time. Boiled down, it means that some characters will continue their adventures on Earth-1, while incarnations... Uh, Mr. Pattinson, uh, uh, as the Batman, will populate Earth 2, the Times continues. The Flash, a film set for release in theaters in 2022, will link the two universes and feature the two Batmans with Mr. Affleck returning as one and Michael Keaton returning as the other. Mr. Keaton played Batman in 89 and 92. Oh my God, this is great. This is so complicated. Like, way to take a multiverse, which could just be very easy and go, I don't know, just multiple worlds. Just roll with it and just make it. I mean, sound... that's what Marvel's doing too, but it is, but like th- it, this, it's just being handled completely differently. It seems like it's planned in Marvel. Can and then you... this one, they're like, Oh, we have all these Batman's uh, multiverse. You know, right. we, we have, we can't get a good continuity, right? We can't get a good connected universe. Right. So multiverse Marvel's doing it. Um, and also just like the wording, this, this doesn't sound exciting in any way. This sounds like a, someone's taking a dig at it you know like well that's earth one then you have this over here that's earth two and that you know like sounds like you're being made fun of to me so i like feel a, like they're getting dangerously close to making superhero films inaccessible to yes general audiences like your aunt barbara is yep. not gonna understand why there's three batmans <laughs> you know right I mean, i'm sure she can follow but if you're describing it without her seeing the movie it I think people would be like, oh, that's too complicated. I'm not going to watch that. Like, you know? eh, I don't or MCU, you're like, oh, well, I need to watch this one to see what's going to come next because you know they're all linked. You right, know? you watch them in order and it's right. a cultivated process. I liked, I was more on board when they were like, every movie is a different universe, there's no continuity, you know? Yes, I think that's a good idea. That's, yeah, I was okay that's, with that's that. Sim- that's simpler, but now they're like, oh, well, they are the same continuity, they're just different Earths. Like, I don't like that. That's team too much, you know? Like either yeah. make them all separate or make them all connected. But I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? I I completely yes. agree. Um I think also six movies a year, come on. Like yeah. why don't you make two okay, two, two good ones in a row before you say you're doing six movies a year? And you're gonna get six bad ones. 
Well, you'll get like four bad ones and two good ones, probably. You know, if you're if you're gonna continue the track record. Um, no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. We'll get a Shazam and a Wonder Woman in there, and a Matt Reeves Batman, maybe. But um, speaking of Wonder Woman, but hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. One more point. Um, they said that things like Batgirl and Static Shock, quote, riskier projects will be streaming. I think that's a little dangerous because you're doing like, it sounds, maybe I'm like reading the tea leaves too much, but it sounds like you're saying women and minorities are too risky for theater. Risky? No, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're definitely saying that. Batman and Superman will be on the big screen, but girl and other characters will be for TV. And I don't like that, you know, cause we're not going to get, I don't know. You're not going to get things like black Panther and spider verse and, you know, Shang Chi. Well, if you Dylan, take a risk on it, Dylan Marvel's already tackling diversity. Doesn't DC doesn't need to do it? Okay, so I like the idea. White people, those things just don't like relegate them to TV. You know, I think it's just a slippery slope. Is all I'm saying. No, I know. I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, but I think any any truly thinking person here knows that DC doesn't know what they're doing, and this is all just. A mess. Every time they make a big promise about their slate like this, it hasn't come true. So that's just something to keep in mind. It is yeah, official from the source. Like he's in charge. This is what he wants to do. I believe him. But um, I believe that's the plan. He's like the executive who cried wolf at this point. You know. Yep. yep. All right. So we saw Wonder Woman. Reminder: spoilers. Dylan and I and a few other people rented out a theater, went to go see it. Ron. Watched it on HBO Max. Did you watch it on Christmas Day, Ron? No, I watched it on the 26th. Same day as us. Okay, so let's talk about hype. Were we excited for this movie? I um, was very excited at a time, but then it kind of dwindled the on its like fifth release date, you know? At one point, I didn't care at all about this movie. Then the first trailer came out, and it looked pretty, pretty all right. I mean, it looked a little, hey, guys, remember the 80s? Um, but, um, I thought it looked pretty all right. And then like Dylan said, you know, after incremental change, after incremental change with the release date, you find yourself like, okay, whatever. Wonder Woman's just going to come out sometime. And I don't know. It just started, you see the same clips over and over again. And it released so many new clips. Like, I feel like there had to be like at least 20 minutes of this movie viewable online before the movie came out. Um, yeah, well, that's the nature of having to make a new ad campaign every few months, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Day, what about you, Ron? Material. Were you looking forward yeah, to it? Yeah, I don't think I was ever really excited about the movie. I wanted to see it, and I feel like over time, me wanting to see it just became less and less. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't. So the first one came out in 2017. I wonder if we have review scores for this. I'm sure um, we do. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, no, we don't. We have well, we oh, don't. We didn't have power good. rankings anyway. I'm sure we reviewed this movie, but uh, this we started doing power rankings in 2018, so we don't have review scores for the original movie on deck. However, I can say that I liked the original fine. Um, it was mostly good. Third act, you know, the same crap you've heard everybody say. Third act's kind of third act kind of sucks. Um, right. And there's a lot the of the trend scenes are great. Yeah, there's 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 some editing problems in that third act. Um, but I don't think that's fair 
a little bit. It's really like the five minute fight scene. Right. You know, it's not even like the whole, I don't think like the whole third act. Yeah, you're right. It's not even the third act. It is really just the final fight scene of the movie, which is arguably the most important part of the third act. Yeah, it's a pivotal Um, part, but like in large part, the movie was good, I thought. It's one of my, it's probably my top, top five superhero movies. Okay. Um, so yeah, we all at least baseline enjoyed the first movie. If mm-hmm. enjoyed to very enjoyed. DC's uh, best movie? Um, if not counting Nolan. Well, uh, Snyderverse movie. Oh, uh, yeah, easily. Oh, yeah. This, oh. Snyderverse, easily. It's this and Shazam, basically. Yeah, Shazam I would put this really... over Shazam. I would put this over it's Shazam. Like, oh, the first one. Thing. The first one. Not this one. Right. Um, <laughs> So, all right. Anyway, so there's our hype levels for the movie. We went to go see it. Um, we went to go see it at Cinemark, Memorial City, on a pretty small screen, which I was, like, kind of annoyed about. Like, y'all couldn't give us something better, but okay. Oh, for real? Yeah. We saw it on one of the... Screen. Yeah, well, fair enough. But um, anyway, um, this movie is currently sitting at... Um, a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has Oof. lost its certified fresh status. Oof. Um, has 322 reviews. Um, top critics are 70%. Um, average rating is 6.2 for all critics, 6.5 for top critics. Um, audience is 72%. Uh, is verified. All audience is 43 but that's just a rodeo. You can't even pay attention to all yeah. audience. Um so this is I, one where you can truly say mixed reviews truly honestly mixed reviews um not like this movie's really bad uh and it's getting like 20 so they're mixed i mean technically by definition dark tower had mixed reviews but come on yeah um, come on but okay so anyway one woman 84 dark tower's way lower well well yeah 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 exactly dark tower had like nine single it was like single digits but it did technically <laughs> have mixed reviews there were some people that liked it um, yeah, but I count mixed as fifty to seventy. Right, no, no, no. I'm I'm making fun of the people that claim that have a bad movie like Dark Tower and will claim mixed reviews. Yeah, you know. Suicide Squad. Right. So exactly, <laughs> Suicide Squad. I believe that has been discussed on this very show when we reviewed it. But anyway. Yep. Um. So, man. Okay. So new, new to the cast. Same direct. Uh. Also directed by Patty Jenkins, as as was the first one. Um, but newly written by Patty Jenkins, um, as we discussed earlier, and written by Jeff Johns and David Callahan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know David Callahan by name. I don't think he had a big impact. It, in the credits, anyway, they only listed uh, Jenkins and Johns. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, and Johns is sort of, you know, not a home run with movies um, every time. But... Anyway, um, starring the same people, Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman, well, as Diana Prince. They don't say Wonder Woman. That's two movies, no saying Wonder Woman. Um, (laughs) You have uh, Chris Pine back as Steve Trevor. um, And then some new additions. You have Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva and Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. Um, Let's talk about the cast. Um, So what did you guys think of the, the performances? I think Gal Gadot was good as she was as good as she could be in this role as I, I, I liked her in this movie. Yeah. I think she's the, the best I mean, part. She is wonder woman at this point, you know? So right. Yeah. I don't think 
you could make any movie with her and like it would just i think she's just synonymous with wonder woman you know agreed like kind of it's kind of like how margot robbie is harley quinn at this point like you just know what you're gonna get it's kind of like comfort food but i thought she was right. good i thought all the performances were good hot take I, hot take I, I, I okay so i don't know what is and what isn't a hot take because i haven't really read any of the twitter stuff or any any of the reviews what are people saying about Pedro Pascal? Because I thought like he was like real iffy for a good chunk of this movie. I liked him a lot. I thought he was super camp and he knew what movie what? he was in. Okay, okay, he, I guess so. I guess if you're looking for camp, then you got it. Yeah, he was very over the top, but I thought in a good way. Okay. I thought I thought Kristen Wiig was, yeah, Kristen I think Wiig that was, was his, a little his character. You thought Kristen Wiig was hamming it up. Yeah. She was more understated so it was a little weird to see them together because she i, I like her performance but yeah it didn't match the rest of the movie agreed um but those are really the only people in this movie that matter everybody else is in like flashbacks or yeah there's um, only oh, four four characters in this chris pine is the same he's steve he is playing chris pine yeah i feel like mm-hmm. um but anyway uh, Dylan, you said you wanted to say something about Patty Jenkins uh, directing, specifically. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know what y'all's takes on the movie are really at all, but oh. I liked the... I can tell you didn't like it, but I liked um, the tone that she chose for this movie. She made it... She took it in more of a like a lighthearted, campy tone. Comic book like, Yeah, and less... She, I think she kind of erased the Zack Snyder filter which still existed on Wonder Woman 1, I think, you know? Totally did. Okay. Um, so I like I like the uh, tone that she chose. It was more of the like old Superman movies, um, a little sillier, a little cartoony, but not too much. My problems with her were that she did not write the first one, but she they didn't bring back the writer of the first one, who I really like, and then she wrote. Instead, she and Jeff Johns wrote this one, and I think all of her shortcomings are in writing if you know the credits are accurate i don't think she should write the third one either she needs to be paired with a stronger writer than jeff johns or she needs to not write it at all because all my problems with this movie are the story the story so that's my dialogue I, I i agree with you i mean i i didn't hate this movie at all um but i also thought the first one was significantly better um it I was. Thought, I thought the story, like to Dylan's point with the story here, is like it was even. Oh, so I haven't read a lot of Wonder Woman, so like um, even even well. With that that being said, this movie is very very predictable, paint by numbers. I feel like dialogue, like if some of the di- a lot of the dialogue felt really boring to me, and characters talking to each other, it's like this is I don't care. Um, I thought a lot of the jokes weren't were kind of stupid. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought a lot of the dialogue was not believable. Um, like the opening scene. So when they're in the mall with the with the the thieves stealing the whatever, and one mm-hmm. woman's beating everybody up. I understand it's supposed to be like campy and comic booky, but I thought it was really. I thought I thought it I thought it moved past campy and into corny. Um, like too much for me um i disagree i liked i based on the themiscura scene and the mall scene i was like oh i'm gonna like this movie 
Oh, the theme of scary scene like, was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a good opening sequence, I thought. But um, mm-hmm. I mo- thought the mall scene like walked up to the line of being too much and like maybe put its toe over a little bit. But then the rest of the movie, they're like, we're not done. And then they really went over the line with the camp, you know? Right. Um, just with the with the wishing stone. Remember we read these spoilers like two years ago, maybe a year ago? I don't oh. remember. We did. We went over the spoilers on the podcast and we were like, this sounds terrible. We we read about the wishing stone, the way Steve comes back. Um, oh, yeah. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. We did. <laughs> I and remember. It was, and it was all accurate. And when we read it, we were like, man, this plot sounds really dumb. Like, And it made me, that's what made me less excited for this movie. So I was disappointed to see that um, it was accurate and a little shocked that we could tell on based on a cursory like look that it the plot wasn't good right. and that they they couldn't and they decided to make it you know yeah it's just disappointing because I feel like I can see a really good movie in here there's elements that I really like there's scenes that I really like but like if you don't have a good story. The movie's not good, you know? Like, you can't say it's great if you don't like the story. If, like, a performance right. is bad, the movie can still be good. If the right. cinematography isn't good or the music can still be good. But I think if the script is bad, it's it's hard to uh, bounce back from that. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Um, so how was y'all's... Did y'all feel like y'all were in the movie too long? It did feel long. Um, y'all couldn't leave. So I'll tell you... Um, the first hour, um, I thought moved very well and I was engaged for, through most of it. And then it sort of slowed down a lot for me. And that's when more of the, the talking and the exposition and the story started to come through. I'm like, this is just so plotting and. Yeah. So I can. So obviously I was at home watching it. Right. Uh, watching it with Haley. Um, did she like it? And first of all, she did. She did enjoy it, but she doesn't, you know, watch these movies like we do and pick them apart like we do. She enjoyed it. Enough action for her, I guess. I don't think there was enough action in this movie. First off, I, I agree. I was, but whatever. So we're watching the movie, and it gets to the part where they went to. Um, I assume Saudi Arabia. Is that right? Am I wrong on that? It was somewhere. Somewhere in the Middle East. They didn't specify. They didn't specify? Okay. Well, they went, he went to go get the, the, all the oil from that, the oil guy. And that's where I was like, oh, cool. I need to pause the movie. I need to use restrooms. I need to go. I'm just going to go. So we paused it. And I was like, this movie is two hours and 30 minutes. And we're only like 45 minutes into this movie. What is going on? I don't like this. Like, there's just so much extra movie to happen. And, like, it it just wasn't... I feel like a lot of stuff could have been cut out of this movie. It could have made it a lot tighter. Yeah, we I did think sp- it could have been 15 minutes shorter. Oh, dude. Uh, they could have knocked out a whole 30 minutes. I don't know what you would cut out. Um, I know we had a lot of Maxwell Lord. I was, was going to say that. that wish there was a that lot I, of Maxwell Lord. I didn't care about anything with Maxwell Lord. It's, it's weird, because I wanted more Cheetah not, it's not weird. I want more Cheetah, but like she didn't fully like embrace her powers to like the middle of the movie, like closer to the end of the. Well, right. A lot of the, the 
a lot of the criticism that Patty Jenkins got for Wonder Woman one was that it had not a good villain, you know, but that was never a complaint of mine. That wasn't a complaint of mine because I think it's okay to have the sole focus on the hero and then the villain is just a plot device, you know. I mean, and like you look at the first or look at Thor two, you know, like sure. There's tons of superhero movies where right, the, most there's Loki and Thanos, you know, but I think it's okay to have the conflict not be a character, you know? Okay. So I, that, I that wasn't a complaint of mine, but I think she went, she took it too far and she was like, we're going to make, she tried really hard to make the villain compelling. And I think to some extent she succeeded, not with Cheetah at all, but with Max, Max, you know? Was he compelling? The, I thought he had a, mildly interesting motive i think it was diluted by the the wishing stone i feel like i can tie back every problem in this movie to the wishing stone because it's so hard to write but well yeah um, i think we talked about had nothing to do with the story so that was we talked about the wishing stone on the way out um and it's just like you just you create so many difficulties and problems with the plot once you start adding a wishing element to the movie like Mm -hmm. adding time travel like you're just making you creating all these weird like why don't they just wish for it to be over or you know why don't they you know whatever whatever right like there's infinite possibilities of why don't they just do this Um, so many plot holes that arise when you have a wishing stone and i don't think it's like a very interesting power you know for him to have either not at all um yeah, the wishing stone is. I don't know. Everything circles back to that. It's just a a boring a boring story that doesn't right. really make sense. And yeah, like and and some of the results of the wishing stone, like the the powers of the wishing stone, are very poorly defined. I feel like as well, like how it works. Yeah, um, I didn't realize when he was. So the wishing stone starts off as a stone, and then he absorbs right. it, and he starts yes. granting people wishes. But he's doing like. I'll give you this, but then you give me that. And I didn't. They didn't establish at this point that the wishing stone takes something. No, right. until not. like two thirds through the movie. So I was like, why is he getting to take all this? Like, how many wishes? Yeah, you don't really have? like. Kind of maybe. Weird. Like Wonder Woman's like a little weaker, and you're like, why is she weak? Interesting, but not like explained. Yeah, they at started. All. They started to explain it at that point, but she didn't. They didn't really establish that she was weak until midway through. You know, right. Um, and I don't understand how many wishes you can get. Like I thought it was one, and then Cheetah got a second wish. Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I was talking about. No, about. I was Cheetah like, did not get a second, second wish. No, Cheetah she not did not. No, she didn't. Um, he asked the people who were watching him to wish for her to get all these powers. Didn't she wish for it on the plane? Yeah, I thought that was no. Was I don't believe she did. She asked him. I mean, I could pull it up right now, dog. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I I might be the wrong one here. I, I don't also remember, don't know why. Why did she get fur and paws? Because that has nothing to do with what anybody said. Um, but she's all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, a, you turn into a literal cheetah. It just didn't make sense to me. Hey, right, look, man. Know? She should have at that point turned into the predator. You know the. With the mouth, you know, like, yeah, like fighting. Yeah. That would have been, been better. Um, Cheetah would have been better served with another Wonder Woman villain, Cersei, who turns people into animals. Like, it would, I just feel like that would make more sense than she just kind of randomly showed up as a cheetah at, at one point. No, I don't think it was uh, built up to, but yeah, 
We need to talk about some positives. Um, positives. If y'all have any. <laughs> um, I, I think the action that I saw in this movie was good. Oh, I want to talk about that. I, that's a very common complaint is that there's not enough action. But I thought I had enough. It didn't bother me. That really? It wasn't. Yeah. Because Wonder Woman isn't really about, she's like kind of a, I don't want to say Peacemaker because that's another DC character. But like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. every fight yeah. that she had was, um, I could see why it's not as thrilling because every every fight that she had was defensive, you know? Like sure. she was protecting these children and then like Cheetah was just attacking her um, and then she was on the, on the, the highway. Tank. Yeah, with the tank. Every Every scene she had, she wasn't like going out to fight people like the No Man's Land scene. It was defensive, which is true to Wonder Woman's character, but also not as fun to watch, you know? So I get why people like she's always the thing is she's always like fight fighting is the last measure. She's a a defender, not an Avenger, right? Like right, yeah. So I get it, and I thought it was compelling. I don't know. I thought it had enough, but so I don't. So I I get that problem, I guess. But I just think I think the action scenes were fine. I just wanted more of them. Weren't there like five of them? There were. Yeah, but you had so much like dialogue and exposition stuff right i i don't know i don't think that it's necessarily that there wasn't enough action i think the stuff between the action was so dull and plotting um that it you know made you wish that there was more i'm that that would be my sort of armchair analysis on that is um because i could see that if they if people were more invested in between the action scenes maybe they wouldn't want to go back to them so badly that's, that's what I'm thinking. Um, Cause yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I will probably watch this movie again. I have revisited the first wonder woman. I've seen it twice. I saw it in theaters and then I watched it once at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably watch this movie one more time. And then yeah. maybe, maybe one more time before the third one comes out in three years, whenever that comes out. Um, I haven't watched the first one in a long, since it came out. Okay. I and I'm looking at it now. It's also two hours and thirty minutes. I the other one feels better paced out, if that makes sense. I agree with that. Maybe it's because the story's better. Who knows? I know. I feel like people. There's a lot online. Like I haven't seen. Like maybe I saw it with Birds of Prey too, but people are just saying it's the worst DC movie. Like when Suicide Squad exists and BVS and Justice League. And- it's definitely not the those worst. people are wrong. Yeah, they're this crazy. Is, this is still it's a, better. It's a mid tier. It's it's it better than, for sure. I mean, it's better than Aquaman. It's better than BVS. It's better than Justice League. I think it's better than Aquaman. I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely better than Aquaman. Aquaman. I think it has a similar Rotten Tomato score, so it's comparable to Aquaman at least. But uh, I mean, I think it's it's not as good as Birds of Prey. No. But it had a more meaningful message. I thought. It, yes, like, it did for, for kids than Aquaman, which has become king. And this one was <laughs> more like you can't cheat and there's no shortcut to get what you want you have to like do it the right way you know which i think could be an important message to kids yeah i think it may have been aimed at kids a little bit more than what we're used to also that that could be but i thought the there are points where the the message of the movie was like nicely conveyed you know like in the beginning with the with the race and themiscira and then it 
I think it was meant to tie back to Steve Trevor, how she kind of cheated to got what she to get what she wanted with Steve and she couldn't keep it, you know, just like how she couldn't cheat in the race. Right. I think that's what they were going for, but I think it if you it would have been more clear and like a better through line if you would cut out you know how they say to like take <laughs> to take one accessory off before you leave? Well that's like a I guess for women. Oh okay. I think this movie should have done that. Like you should take out Invisible Plane, take <laughs> out Cheetah, take, take out something out. Take I out getting the you thought her turning things invisible was well i don't know i just thought it was if they were going to put it in the mute in the movie it made sense like i think this is the only way to make it make sense i i'll say a positive i think i like steve trevor better in this movie than i did in the first movie i think oh yeah he was the 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 comic relief yeah um i liked him i i i I I thought he was good i got a little uh teary-eyed the although okay so, so my part with that though is that i feel like that scene came out of nowhere i feel like um it just sort of appeared like oh this is this is i have to do this now bye what scene the the where she has to say goodbye to steve where she oh. has goodbye to steve and relinquishes her wish um i felt like it sort of just came out of nowhere you think it came out of nowhere i mean i like, did i, did. I mean I know they, no more <laughs> she kind of figured it out yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I had problems with it, but um, that might have just been me. Um, but I think let's 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 review. Let's 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 give it a score. Have you guys thought about this at all? No, dude. Okay, so I'll I'll help you out a little bit and give you some scores of movies that you've done earlier this year. Oh Lord, Ron, you gave Birds of Prey a seven. Yeah, yeah. You gave New Mutants a six five, and you gave Sonic the Hedgehog a six. Oh Lord! So think about that. God, these movies were not great. Dylan, you gave Birds of Prey an eight five. Um, you gave uh, New Mutants a seven, and you gave Sonic a six. Those are your best three movies of the year. For some reason, I assume I don't have a score for you for Tenet. I don't know why. Um, but who goes first? I'll go first. I'm going to give this a six, five. Um, I gave, that is the same as Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I gave birds of prey a seven, five and I gave 10, a seven, five and I gave new mutants a six, five so that I have this the same as new mutants and Sonic. Okay. Which um, to be fair, I enjoyed Sonic more than I mean, Sonic was enjoyable. Yeah. This was better than Sonic. Sonic had nothing to say. Hey, look, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I mean, yes, it had more of a message than Sonic, but yes, it definitely did. Um, I will not say it is better than Sonic, though. I'm giving it a six. Yes, a six. (laughs) How dare you! This is my final episode, the the last episode of the year, and my final episode. I was pushing. I was pushing it with a six five, but you put him over the edge with a six. I'm sorry, dog. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven five. So, so I feel like the my final like you know consensus Rotten Tomatoes would be that the good elements manage to outweigh the bad ones a little bit, you know, enough to make it still a a watchable, enjoyable movie. Okay, yeah, you know, I think if you have HBO Max, you should watch it. I definitely think this movie is worth watching. I would never, I would not dissuade anybody from watching this movie. I think it's worth your time. I think it's worth watching. 
Um, if it's free, like it's this is the highest quality entertainment you're gonna get. Most definitely, like, but money wise, oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, it's really good um, for what you're paying for it for the sub, for the sub fee for sure. Nothing. This is, well, yeah. I mean, what well, you know what I mean? Like this is like as far as you know, premium content as that's part of a subscription. Right. It's top tier. Like yeah, yeah. Um, my only advice would be to not um dissect the plot too much just go yeah. in and kind of uh feel the movie and don't think about it you know what i'm saying you just turn, like, turn your brain off and relax you definitely don't to think say, about it too hard mm. but don't turn your brain off because there's emotional beats that i think hit hard but don't um no, don't try and dissect yeah i know that's like it. oh it was fun every fast and furious and stuff like that right uh, i like the beat <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good beat and you can dance to it um, um, yeah, I was, I, I, I was my going, opinion later, but I, I, I was going back and forth between a seven and a six five, and then I was looking at it. It's like I gave, I wanted to give it a whole point less than Tenet and Birds of Prey because I had those both at seven five, which means those are my two best reviewed movies of the year. Uh, there you Tenet, go. Tenet, How much to go on? No, I mean best reviewed theatrical movies. I've seen better movies this year, but um, I'm sure I'll have more to say on this later also it's not sexism always but i feel oh. like it's a little bit with patty like the star wars fans calling for her to be fired and that's and ridiculous. um like i feel like male directors can get away with making a mediocre movie a little bit more than a female director absolutely absolutely they yeah can. that is unfortunately how that works i think a patty jenkins star wars rogue squadron movie will be enjoyable this movie yeah, i'm sure it'll be good. it's just not it's just not great you know I mean, it'll be good for Star Wars, you know. Right. It'll be a nice change of pace for sure. It's not a career-ending misstep, you know. It, it it's barely even a misstep. Like it's not bad, you know. Like don't don't hear. I mean, I don't I don't want to speak for Ron, but don't hear me saying the movie is bad. It's just it's to fine. me, it's a nice just, to tell you not to write. My six is is above average. All right. That's that's still a fresh tomato. That is still it's a fresh, fresh tomato. Um, to be fair, um, Ron, you gave. Oh, you also gave Sonic a six, so you have it tied with Sonic. We both have it tied with Sonic. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, I enjoy it just as much as Sonic. Uh, you, Ron. you gave Mulan a, a four or five. If that helps you out, anyway. Oh, Mulan's garbage, dude. Isn't that a, a sad um, takeaway from 2020? Is that it was supposed to be like the year of female-led movies directed by female, like and with Mulan, Birds of Prey, right. Wonder Woman, and Black Widow. And so far, they've kind I of guess flopped. So, huh? yeah. yeah, you know, it's just it's unfortunate. Black Widow can save it. Come on, twenty twenty one. We'll see when that movie comes out. Um, but anyway, I think that's going to do it for us. I think um, at the very least, if you haven't seen it already, I don't know why you listen to the whole review if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, go see the movie. It's because uh, they love us, Michael. Go watch it on HBO Period. Max. Period. Go watch it on HBO Max. It's one of the things you can do with your subscription. Um, but anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>